Hello and thank you for joining us here on the Neutral Zone. I am Phil Milani, joined as always by my esteemed colleague, my partner in crime. Really the best way to, to describe this person is my everything. My everything. It's that Eric Galala. Phil, how's it going? I'm doing okay. Yeah. Tough times. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, at this point, Eric, I think I'm just sort of like just rolling with the punches. You know? Yeah. I think that that's uh, how most of us feel. You, would you agree? I think so. Once you get to that ninth loss, another losing season sort of feels, just, uh, you uh, feel a sense of finality kind of set in. A little bit, yeah, yeah. It's just that uh, we've spent a lot of Mondays here, Eric, uh, at Breckenridge Brewery's Farm Home. That's right. In Littleton off of uh, Santa Fe and Brewery Lane. We're here every Monday from 5.30 exactly to about 6.15. Absolutely. We're also live on the Broncos' official YouTube page. We spent a lot of Mondays here uh, this year, Eric, uh, just talking about a loss, and I think that uh, I'm used to it now. The Broncos <laughs> have had a case of the Mondays kind of all year. A little bit, yeah. You could call it a case of the Mondays, but on Sundays. Yeah, and sometimes Monday. Sometimes Monday. Sometimes and one Thursday. one time on Thursday. Yep. Yeah, one time on Thursday. Uh, the Broncos, uh, it looked like maybe for a second there, Eric, we're going to – Go to Baltimore, a place where they've only won one time before in the franchise's history. It looked like they were going to go in there, pull off a big win, but uh, alas. Alas. The Ravens uh, scored a game-winning touchdown with just 28 seconds to go, and the Broncos uh, fell 10-9. to 10-9. to It's kind of like a baseball score, Eric. That's true, Phil. Yeah, it was kind of like a baseball score. You were, of course, at MNT uh, uh, Bank Stadium. I was there. You were there. You saw it in, in person. What was the vibe like? Well, it was kind of a – the atmosphere was kind of dead for a long time. Just Lamar Jackson goes out. There was some booing from the home fans at how the I Ravens offense booing. was playing. Yeah, it wasn't me. I promise. Yeah? But there was some booing, and then – there was no electricity or buzz into the stadium until that final drive, and then they really got going, and you were like, oh, there are 60,000, 70,000 people here. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. And just another game, Phil, where the Broncos had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. I believe uh, their 10th game out of 12 where they scored either zero or one touchdown. Their third game where the defense gives up a score within the final two minutes of regulation. Uh, just – Kind of the same old story. Yeah. At what point did you think like, uh, okay, this isn't this? They have the lead because it was nine to three for a long time. Yeah. At what point were you like, this doesn't feel right? Well, I, I would say that that entire stretch, you're you're wondering, is this enough? Because it almost feels like you're tempting fate when you're up by only six points. Yes. You know, if the Broncos were up. 12 to 3, I think you would have felt entirely comfortable. If it was a two-score game. But when you when you have all these opportunities and you still you can only manage to get a six-point lead, it just takes one freak play or yeah. one uh, drive to kind of change the whole outcome of the game, which is what ended up happening. But uh, so I would say all that and that there's this uneasy feeling. But I still I just thought the defense was playing too well. I didn't so see Justin much. Justin Simmons, two interceptions. Justin Simmons, two interceptions. They did not. The Ravens did not really challenge the Broncos on any drive until that last one. And I just thought that even when they convert a fourth and one early in the drive, you know, even when they get a you know a, a unnecessary roughness penalty on Alex Singleton and a PI on Pat Sertan, I'm still kind of like, 
okay, well, they're not going to be able to score a touchdown here. Mm. Just the defense is playing too well. And then they start inching closer, and you're like, oh, my goodness, this is going to happen, isn't it? And sure enough, once you get inside the 10-yard line, that's a team that's hard to stop. Uh, they've had their red zone issues, but obviously in that case, they scored when it mattered. And I was impressed with the Broncos' last-ditch effort. Jerry Judy makes a catch. Russell Wilson takes a big hit running forward, but just not quite enough. Yeah. Like, uh, do, you know, after the game, Russ was asked do, if winning is a habit, Eric, is losing also a habit? And he sort of admitted yes. I think so. I'm wondering, do you think the defense, for as good as it played all game long, do you think that, okay, the Ravens got a fourth and one, they converted. Do you think somewhere in the back of their mind, like, the ball started rolling where they were like, uh-oh, like, here we go again. And then uh, there's P.I. on Sertan, and you're like, uh-oh, you know, here we go again. There's a penalty on Singleton. Uh-oh, here we go again. Like, in that losing habit, crept in, and lo and behold, uh, the Ravens go on to win. I don't know. I think these guys are, are still believing. This one, to me, felt a little bit different just because it wasn't the – the drive itself, the go-ahead drive, took almost five minutes. It was a long and so, drive. And so it wasn't like it was a, you know, we've seen the Broncos struggle in the two-minute a little bit when the team is coming out, throwing the ball, pushing it quick down the field. We've seen them struggle. Like the Raiders, Raiders game. Raiders game. Uh, Titans at the end of the first half. Um, the Colts, you know, on that final drive when they go down and, and tie it with a field goal. So Even the Ravens before halftime, they almost got into field goal range there. Right. But this was not that type of drive. No. This was just, in a lot of ways, it felt like a normal drive. Time was not an issue. It just happened to end up finishing with 28 seconds left on the clock. So, I, I don't know. The, the way I view it is whether it's, you know, whether you give up a touchdown right before half, you give up one touchdown in the third quarter, and then you hold later. Maybe you give up an early touchdown in the first, and then you play well later in the game. I mean, at some point or another, the Broncos are just giving up about one or two touchdowns a game. I mean, they're playing really well, and I think it's, you know, Deshaun Williams was asked after the game, is it fair to expect you guys to play perfectly, to expect perfection? And he said, no, it's probably not fair, but that's that's what we expect of ourselves. But I I would just say that when Nathaniel Hackett said it, Russell Wilson said it, it doesn't matter that that the touchdown happened in the final 30 seconds. You cannot score nine points. Yeah. And expect that to be good enough. Yeah, definitely not on the defense. No. Uh, for sure. I, and, I mean, the defense played out of their mind. And until we see mind. a game where the Broncos score 30 and someone goes down there and, and scores a touchdown to get to 31, I'm not it's ready to – It's always going to be on the offense. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's how I feel. Even we talked after the Raiders game of, you know, they allow that long, that long touchdown drive at the end of regulation, come right out, score in overtime. In my mind, still, you allowed 16 points in regulation. That should be enough to win a football game. Yeah. And I just, it's hard for me to waver off that line. And sometimes, Eric, it feels like uh, the expectations have been adjusted so much where, like, the Broncos got the ball to start that game. They drove down the field and kicked a field goal. Yep. And everybody on Twitter, us, we were like, man, they went down the field and they scored. You know, like, and we were like, what a drive. And they were running the ball well and they, you know. But they, it was, it, but in the end, it was just a field goal. Of course. You know what I mean? But that's sort of just where, that's the baseline now. It, it sort of tells you where, where we are. I mean, here's a, here's a stat for people who are wondering Hold about up. the defense. Our friend Nick Kozmeiter, before Sunday, NFL teams were 0-206 and 206 
in zero a, and two hundred and six. Zero and two hundred and six. And essentially, the last thirty years, last twenty-eight years, when, or excuse me, yeah, when they commit two turnovers, they don't force a turnover, and they score ten points or fewer. So that's what the Ravens did yesterday. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Ravens were the first team to do that, and only the eighth team in the history of the entire NFL. In the entire history of the NFL. Yeah. That shows you how rare that is. It shows you what the Broncos' defense did to them. It shows you the offense played clean football and didn't turn the ball over. And yet, it, yeah. somehow, it's just still not enough. The Broncos are not scoring the points they need to win football games. Uh, I mean, they've had problems scoring all the time. Yep. But particularly in the second half, it feels like it's just like uh, the game comes to a standstill almost for them where they're just like three and out, three and out, three and out. And it's just like it's tough to watch. Yeah, I mean, you're right that it is the whole game. I mean, you, I think it's 102 points or something like that in the first half. I mean, Phil, that's an average of just over seven points in the first half. And then you look at the second half and it drops all the way down to five points. I mean, it's not particularly good in either situation, which is what Nathaniel Hackett said today. What I look at, Phil, is that the Broncos have played a ton of one-score games. 10 one-score yeah, games. 10. I think the record for the most in a season is 14. So the Broncos have five games left. It's not out of the question that they, they could hit that mark. get to that mark. Um, but good teams in this league, Phil, or when you're playing well, you put teams away. You get rid of them while you have the chance. Yeah. And the Broncos this year, you know, their scoring percentage by itself, not very good. You know, about 26%, 27% that they go out there and they get some type of points on a drive. But 26%? It's is that, is that around there, okay. yeah. They've scored on 37 of 139 drives. But, Phil, it's even worse when they have the lead. And I asked Nathaniel Hackett that today. Hey, you talk about finishing these games. Isn't part of it that when you have a three-point lead and you, get the, and you get a stop and you get the ball back, or you have a touchdown lead and you get a stop and you get the ball back, part of the issue in my mind is that they're not going out there and making it a 10-point lead, a 14-point yeah. lead, and putting some separation because – I think Mike Purcell, maybe Deshaun Williams said it after the game, if we had just gotten that lead to nine, the game would have been over. It was Dalton Reiser, sorry. He said if we had just gotten the lead to nine, the game would have been over. And the Broncos had eight opportunities, Phil, with the lead and the ball. They scored one field goal. You've got to be better than that, and you've got to find that killer mentality where you just put teams away. Yeah, I mean, the only time that they scored in the second half was after the Simmons interception. They were already in field goal range. You know what I mean? I think they moved the ball like eight yards there, and they just kicked a field goal. And it was on third down. And so, like, if you – yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, the final they, play, yeah, exactly. They, they weren't even in field goal range without kind of a, a nice effort. I think it was Mike Boone there. But uh, without a nice effort from him, you don't even get in, You don't even get a field goal there. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, like, it's like not just that they can't do anything when, when uh, they have the lead, but also in that particular situation, nothing they do, w- like, with the momentum that d- d- the defense creates, you know. Those are opportunities and, like, moments in games where you're like, if we score here, like, if we score a touchdown here, boom, the game is over. Well, you have to, you know, you have, you have to take the hope away from teams. There's those moments during the game, yeah, like a field goal, multiple opportunities there where it was nine to three you make it a two possession game and Tyler Huntley's in there it's not Lamar Jackson nothing's been going well it's kind of over yeah you know and it's like in those moments good teams just finish the game and the Broncos have not done that this season and you talk about on that final touchdown drive they were able to play their style of football if you're down nine points with four minutes left you can't play your style of football 
You got to start yep. throwing it. You got to start. You're going to be able to tee off yep. on Huntley. You're going to have a much better chance of winning that football game. And the Broncos just can't do it. And, and Phil, it's not the first time this has popped up against the yes. Colts. You had the ball over and over and over with a chance to put them away. And we said that at the time. You don't let you don't let this team hang around. Don't let this team hang around. Let them hang around. You lost probably one of the probably the worst loss of the season. There, the Raiders. You go up ten uh, nothing and then have a chance before halftime to go up seventeen seven. Get no points. You don't put them away. And when you don't put teams away, they hang around and they beat you. They were up ten nothing against the Titans. Yep. Didn't put them away. Eric, I guess uh, the interesting thing about this is like, are you more encouraged or less or more discouraged? I guess just based off the fact that some of these games are against good teams and uh, they're all one score, you know, just the Panthers game and that first Raiders game were really the ones that uh, got away from them. But are, are you more dis- more encouraged just knowing that, like, hey, this team is, like, I don't want to say close, but, like, this team is, like, in these games? Or or do you think it's just, like, whatever? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, it's whatever because what matters is wins, right? And I think Nathaniel Hackett said this a few weeks ago. We're not here to be close. We're not here to be number one in one-score losses. We're here to win. So from that standpoint, it's it's whatever. But I would say that a lot of these games that have been one-score losses, it's not like everything has gone in the Broncos' favor and they've still lost. Yeah, it's not like, like been like a lucky game. Like it's mean? not like yeah, like it's not like the Titans turned the ball over four times and still found a way to win. Yeah, they've just been kind of. The Broncos have turned the ball over. Other teams have turned the ball over. The, you know, they've been kind of normal, quote-unquote, games. And so the fact that you're that close, I do think it shows that, I don't know if it's health or if you can just get things going offensively. You know, Certainly, obviously, next year is the focus if you can find a way to do that. But I would lean toward the fact that, especially this late in the season, it would be easy to pack it in, to go on the road to Baltimore and just not, you know, just say, hey, they're a playoff team and we're not, and you know yeah. the, we don't have a reason to go out there and play hard. That's not what happened. Um, you know, people will say they lost to Tyler Huntley. Yeah, Lamar Jackson did not play, but they they shut Lamar Jackson down for the first quarter. I mean, the, the Ravens had 20 yards on two drives. Lamar Jackson was sacked twice. I mean, hard to hold him and check the whole game, obviously, but they certainly had a good start. Yeah, and they've come out and they played hard. Yeah. I mean, that's the interesting thing is just that, like, uh, for whatever reason, a lot of these games have, like, uh, the pace of play or, like, the way the game, like, unfolds has been very Broncos-y football. Like, you know, like the Ravens with Lamar are certainly capable of playing these shootout games. They've done that this year against some of these upper echelon teams where the score gets up into the 30s, you know. But, like, for whatever reason, when – it's with the Broncos and these close games. They've all been like low scoring. They've all been like right down to the wire. Like it's just been interesting that the terms of play have all been Broncos type of football. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, you know, I think the the Broncos just have to find a way to get over the hump. Have to find a way to make that play. And we've talked about it over and over. But in terms of the play in Hardfill and on that final drive, the final offensive series. Jerry Judy, who's on a snap count and is clearly not 100%, he's out there willing to make a catch. Russell Wilson, who, you know, the Broncos are, even if they win that football game, they're still essentially eliminated from playoff contention. Russell Wilson is banged up or has been at some point this season. He's running forward and instead of sliding, takes a huge hit and is willing to put his body on the line. So it's clear these guys still 
care and still want to win, yeah. even though you're not really playing for much more than pride at this point. But it's just still not enough right now, Phil. And in yeah. all season, they've just they've found ways to lose. And, you know, I, you just wonder if, if you could flip the result of one or two of these early. Like, at this point, it doesn't matter. But, like, say Melvin doesn't have the big fumble against the Raiders. Or say you pull out that Colts game. You know, maybe Russell doesn't throw the interception in the end zone and, and you just kneel out the clock and you're okay. You just wonder, does that set a different tone where, hey, now we believe that we can win these one-score games and, and you yeah. don't end up in this pattern where every week you're losing the same way, essentially? When you go back and look at the season and how it's played out here, uh, at what point do you feel like this thing got out of hand? Uh, at what point did it get away from them, would you say? I mean, when you, in my feeling in terms of real time, that Colts loss to me yeah. felt really devastating. Yeah. You started 2-1, and one, you lose a tough game to the Raiders that, you know, guys in the locker room in Las Vegas, Phil, they were angry. Yeah. You, know, that, you go through, a, you go through a, uh, a series here over the course of every season, especially we've seen it, Phil, with a team that has not made the playoffs. The first couple losses, you say, okay, we can correct this. And you've mentioned this. But then you get to the point of kind of anger of how do we let that one slip away. And then eventually you get to the point of I don't know what we're supposed to do. Or like yeah. this is just we've been saying the same thing over and over. The Broncos are at that point now. After that Raiders loss, you kind of had that angry mentality of, gosh, we let one get away here. Yeah. And then you go home to, to play the Colts who are really struggling. You had a chance. I don't think uh, – I don't think – Jonathan Taylor or Shaq Leonard played in that game. So you had a chance to play that team without their two best players, and and you you lose. So that, to me, in the moment, felt really bad. I think as you look back on it now, it's probably either, you know, maybe losing that Jets game or um, or the Titans game, just in terms of when you, when you finally got to too many losses to really come back from. Yeah. Um, but it, it seems like they've had several times here where, you know, against the against the Jets, against the Titans, against the Raiders, where hey, this is our last stand. We've got to come together, and we got we can't lose again. And there's still been a loss. Yeah, it, I agree. The back-to-back overtime losses. Yeah. In in real time, it felt like okay. The that's Chargers, of course, like, came yeah. after the Colts. That felt like gosh, uh, you lose two heartbreakers right there. It's hard to bounce back from that. That's what it sort of felt like. They, for this Broncos team. They lost their margin for error. Because if you if you cap that win off over the Raiders and then you beat the Colts at home and you're 4-1, then, okay, you lose a tough one in L.A., it doesn't become yeah. the sort of downer on the season that it has yeah. been. And Listen, Phil, they're 3-9 they're and nine at this point. I think it's clear that a lot needs to uh, go right for them to, you know, in the future for them to be better. But there was, before the last couple of weeks, Truly, if they if you just flipped one or two results, you might not feel good about it, but you'd still be right in that mix, and so you'd be in the mix. Yeah, you'd be kind of like the Chargers, at that, right? You know where, and so you're like, gosh, can we just get something going? But unfortunately, too many of these results have gone the long way. And, and I also think the Colts, that was like the game where we were like, man, maybe there's something wrong with the offense here. Like it's not really clicking, or like something's yep. a little bit off here. Yeah, that was the same time where we were like, this isn't. Russell, of course, played hurt in that game. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's get to a couple of fan questions here, Eric. Uh, we still have a lot more to talk about uh, with the Broncos offense uh, coming up here. But uh, this one from Tyler Johnson. Do you guys see any accountability with this team? As a fan, there doesn't seem to be any substantive 
changes. What do you think about accountability? Yeah, I mean, I think, again, hard to know from where we sit, from where fans sit, from where most reporters sit, what is going on inside the building, who's being held accountable in meetings. Um, you know, certainly we've, we've heard guys say they need to be accountable to things. Um, I know it's easy to say, okay, well, that means someone's going to get cut. We did see that a few weeks ago. I mean, Melvin Gordon getting uh, released yeah. or waived, excuse me. Same thing as for the fumble. He's no that, longer a Bronco. That's a, that's a sign of accountability. Um, but people wanting big changes, I think there's – I guess my, my question is just what is the, the point? What do you mean? Yeah. So – I'm sure they're going to evaluate everything when the season comes to an end. It's going to be a long. It's going to feel like a long five weeks for a lot of people to get to the end of this. I think, but so uh, I think there's value in not making rash decisions. Yeah. Uh, Metambali has a little funny one here. He says uh, the Broncos are kind of like the Rockettes. Eric, it's it's the holiday season. You know the Rockettes. Yeah. One two three kick. One two three kick. Pretty good. Matt Tambali, thank you very much for that comment. It's pretty funny. We enjoyed that. And then um, that man, Cam. That oh, yeah. man, Cam. Okay. We need some receivers to step up. Uh, Eric, this is something that we talked about a little bit here is just sort of the idea that the Broncos, you know, like when there's tough times for the Raiders, they're like, let's go to Devontae Adams. Yep. He's going to do something special. When the Vikings need a play, they go to Justin Jefferson. You know what I mean? When the Dolphins need some sort of hope, you know, they got Tyreek. When the Chiefs need something, they got Travis. Yep. The Broncos, they don't really have, like, a guy where you're like, okay, it's uh, a, a, we need we got 28 seconds to go down the field to set up a field goal. Who's going to do something special here? They don't really have that guy. Yeah, I mean, I would argue that Jerry is that guy in flashes. I mean, certainly yesterday he got them in position where you've got a chance to make a play. He played 20 snaps, Phil, and had four catches. I mean, that's a – as a guy who likes targets, that's I pretty good. I love targets. That's pretty good. That, I love targets. So Jer- I, Jerry, in terms of his his athleticism, his ability to create separation, his ability to pose a mismatch, he's different than – probably anybody else the Broncos have. Um, Greg Dulcich, I think, working his way there, but probably not there yet. But the, the, the issue with Jerry is, one, he's been hurt this year, and so he hasn't been out there as much as you would like. And then also, you just you do see this inconsistency that we talked about earlier in the year where he's not, a, he's not always on the same page with Russ or um, you know not able to haul in, quite haul in like a, a deep play that would change the game. And so, listen, I've been saying for weeks the Broncos – should consider this offseason we talk about offensive line they should consider using that first round pick or an early pick on a difference maker at a skill position or find one in free agency yeah they just need like that kind of a, of a guy who's just like he makes special plays you know what i mean and just like i know that that's i named like four of the top players in the entire yeah. nfl so broncos would be better yeah. with really good players yeah a fact check that's the sort of analysis we ben love Johnson is but it, it does seem like if they just were able to have like somebody who's just sort of a like a reliable a Jamar down, Chase, somebody like that, I think would be good. Yeah, you know, 
I do think that they had hopes that like a guy like Cortland would go, grow into that. Maybe uh, Jerry Judy would grow into that. Maybe Greg Dulcich is on his way to becoming uh, one of those upper echelon tight ends, uh, a weapon for Russ here. Uh, he, when he's healthy and they give him a chance, he certainly has proven to be a, a difference maker out there. Yeah, and I, you know, this podcast I think Phil is titled "Did the Broncos Find Some Sort of Offensive Identity?" Because you you brought it back. You love you know, talking about identity. We, go, we start going like this. Yeah. You know, and I drive in all over the place. Yeah, and I'm like Phil. Sometimes it's a I little take dark. Take the wheel. And I just it's snowing I bring us sometimes. Back. George Kittle. And I'm like I can't really see where we're going. You're like. So I got it. I got it. Yeah. Bring us back in. Take us home here. I, I think if there's an identity for this team, it's getting, you know, it's getting in those bigger formations. It's two tight end sets. Ooh, it's big. three tight end sets. Big it's guys. running the football. You love formations. Well, I just think, you know, what is this team? What is you this like team? The three wide or no? Phil, you're trying to get me here. I would say that right now, and the Broncos can do some good things in three wide when they have Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. Right now they don't have the weaponry that you would like out there. I mean, the Broncos ran a three wide play at one point yesterday with Jalen Virgil, Kendall Hinton, and Brandon Johnson. And that's no offense to those guys, but that's not that's not what this was supposed to look like. That doesn't keep uh, defensive coordinators up at night. Probably not. It doesn't. And so when you get in these tight formations and you don't know, are the Broncos going to run the football? Are the Broncos going to throw it to Greg Dulcich, who's lined up as out wide as a receiver, who's too big for a corner and too fast for a linebacker? When you don't know, is this going to be a regular drop back? Are they going to run play action? I mean, there was a play, I think it was on the second drive. The Broncos had just run the ball really efficiently. They go down, they get a field goal. They start the second drive fill with a play action pass. And Cortland Sutton is wide open. You're going to get a nice 15 to 20 yard gain there. Russell Wilson does not make a good throw, and it ends up incomplete. But the form, the kind of the bones of the the bones of the offense there, you could see kind of what this is supposed to look like. And listen, I think with a, a good offensive core around him, Russell Wilson is capable of of elevating them. It has seemed like with the level of talent around him right now, you're not going to go out there and score 30 points. And so I, I like this game plan of, hey, let's lean on the run game. Let's set up some well-timed play action passes. Let's let Russell make plays on third down when we need to. But uh, th- that to me is winning football, controlling the clock. And maybe it doesn't line up with the expectations from before the year. But at this point, Phil, you just got to find any possible way to find success and Obviously, they didn't find it over the course of the game, but I think you saw maybe some some a little bit of hope that moving forward this could work. Yeah, uh, that's interesting, Eric. I do think that running the ball has always been like a priority for this Broncos team. I mean, certainly when Javante Ad- uh, Williams was uh, almost Javon? Javante Adams. Yeah, that's like should, a hybrid. It should a get hybrid, him. Uh, kind of crazy weapon. Um, Javante Williams, I think that that was like the idea going into the season. Like, hey, we're going to run the ball. We're going to set up play action. We're going to get this thing. You know, we're going to keep defenses off balance. That has not unfolded. And it does seem like when the Broncos have success, certainly a couple of times on these opening drives, that has been the recipe for success. And uh, tough to do when you're talking about like, okay, Latavius Murray, please do something incredible here. Or Marlon Mack, do it you know make a play you know these are two guys that the broncos are leaning on heavily that were on 
practice squads elsewhere, you know, this season. So Yeah, and you don't have your starting offensive line. I mean, what, you've now got Dalton and Quinn are the two offensive two linemen in there that you but Graham ex- has done a Graham's nice done job. a really nice job, but he was not an intended starter. Would but you he- say Graham has played better than even when Lloyd was healthy? Wow, you're gonna make me. I don't want to talk make, about. Sir, you don't talk friend, about Sir Lloyd Cushenberry the third that way. Yeah, I don't want to. Sorry, I take that back. I take it back. I think that this this rotation has worked as a group better than we've seen. The Ravens, Phil, I think had had seven consecutive games with at least three sacks and a turnover force. Yeah. The Broncos, of course, did not turn the ball over. The Ravens had just two sacks. One of them was That's for like one of them was for zero yards. How do you feel about that? I don't like the zero yard sack. Yeah. That, that's, that's kind of really silly. Sack, it's it? kind of silly. It's not even a TFL. No, a tackle for NG. For zero. Yeah. No gain. So I'm going to say one sack. One sack. But then you got to take away one of Deshaun's because he had one for zero. Yeah. And you start getting crazy. Maybe we, we keep. Maybe we keep that one because it's for D- us. D- Deshaun wants that one. Yeah. You know, uh, that's interesting too because you would have thought coming in, hey, the Ravens have the second best run defense in the NFL. Let's not run the football, but yeah. the Broncos was, did the opposite. And, it, you know, it didn't work great in the second half, obviously. Um, the, Even and, with a lead, they didn't, they didn't really have that success. No, and I, I don't know if that with a lead, if they're getting too conservative or they're content to just not make mistakes. I mean, Phil, we saw back, was it 2018 with Case Keenum? There was this big narrative for a while where it was like, the Broncos aren't winning because Case Keenum is not taking enough chances. Mm, that was like a Teddy thing, too. He, he's not throwing any interceptions. He's not throwing the ball down the field. He's playing too safe. And I, I wonder if the Broncos not, you know, Russ has always done a really good job protecting the ball. But I think when they get the lead, the Broncos are content a little bit to not push the ball down the field, not yeah. take these big chances. You know, they'll hit the open receiver if it's there, but... You know, they're not trying to throw it into tight windows. They're content to let their defense play well. I wonder if you need to be a little bit more aggressive and just say, hey, we got to pretend we're tied right now and we got to take chances. But at the same time, the Broncos did that against the Colts at the end of the game and they threw a pick and then they went down and scored. Yeah. So it does seem like uh, no easy answers. You know, like uh, before halftime there, Eric, uh, the Broncos decided to kick a field goal on fourth down. Uh, there was some thought, or at least where I was watching the At least game, where you were getting ready for a Broncos post-game live. Yep. It's like, hey, let's just go for it. You're three and eight. You got nothing to lose. You got nothing to lose here. Let's just, like, let's work on some stuff here. Let's just uh, let's be a little aggressive. Yeah, I, I have conflicting feelings about how, you know, just that mindset. I think, obviously, it's good to just to be still like. You still want to win. You, right, you still want to win. I also think it's important to say, hey, let's establish how we're going to win, how we're going to play. Because if you come back in 2022, or excuse me, 2023, I don't want to do this what again. I don't want to do this again. What year is it? I don't want to do the year again. If you come like, back, Russ, you never want to feel this feeling again. If you, <laughs> exactly. If you come back in 2023 and all of a sudden you're like, well, now we're going to play differently than how we got that win against the Ravens, you're kind of like, well, did that even really matter then? Yeah. But, but if you know, hey, we beat the Ravens the way we'll play anybody – yeah. Then that win maybe means a little bit more. You know, it's kind of like at the end of a season, a college football team will, in a bowl game, they just do some crazy stuff. They do. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And then the next year, it's like, well, wow. that is, that doesn't apply at all because it was yeah. a bowl game. 
That's true. So interesting. I, Nathaniel Hackett said after the game, there was no doubt in his mind. He wanted to get points. He wanted to go to the halftime with the lead. Yeah. He knew exactly it, what he wanted to do. And it's hard situation. to blame him because if the offense even just operates, if the offense had scored six points in the second half, Phil, it would have been enough to earn a win. Yeah. You've got to hope that you can score six points in a half. Yeah. They could that's not. That's not how you don't want to play. That's, that's uh, you, you said you want to beat it. Sorry. That didn't really make a lot of sense in English. No. Yeah, what, you said you want to beat a team language? like the way you would normally play. Oh, yeah, you know? sure. Yeah, you don't normally want to just score the nine. Score 12 points. Yeah, or the nine. Right, but, the nine. I, but if you were if you were playing a team with a backup quarterback and your defense were playing well, I think you'd, you'd say you'd be hey, a little more concerned. points are at a premium. This is a really good Ravens defense. Concerned. I think the Ravens had the, you know, they were in the top three in sacks. Like This, this was a good defense. Yeah. So I don't I don't fault him for taking the points there. Got it. So you don't view these last games as like, hey, we got let's just play with a little bit of a carefree. I, uh, yeah, I guess carefree. Uninhibited. Kind of like you know when we talked about Drew Locke's final uh, five starts. There, no like, pressure. Hey, they, yeah, there's not really any pressure. You know, are you able to play that way? I, I mean, no matter what, if you go back and look no at no matter this, what, no matter what, if you go back and look at this Ravens game. You can make some sort of arguments that, like, look, like this is just not, not a, like a real. It's not like uh, seeding in the playoffs was on the line yesterday, and it was oh, like a sure. huge matchup, and both teams sure. were like, you know what I mean? Both teams were not like. They weren't. They both teams were like, uh, oh man, this is, this is big time. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? I do. It didn't feel like that. No, I, I mean I think. Like if you came out against the Chiefs this week and you just you went for it on every fourth down and you're throwing yeah. eighty yard bombs, you'd have yeah. fun. I'd but, love that. Take but some I don't, shots. I don't think it's uh, helpful for the long term growth of this football team. I think you need to show, hey, we can beat the Chiefs in a in a normal way. Yeah. What do you think about Russ's comments at the end of the game? Uh, he was asked, "You've never really been in this type of a situation." Yeah, Ben Swanson fact-checked that and found it was wrong. Yeah, he has had. Ben, Swan- ben Swanson said last year he lost the same number of games. Did he last year? He lost. As a starter? He lost eight games as a starter last year. Okay, and he's lost eight this year yeah. as a starter. So That's why Ben Swanson is a great podcast supervisor. Who asked that question? Was that our friend George Stoya? George Stoya. Silly yeah. question because yeah. it was factually so, incorrect. But he but next, has done maybe, a lot of winning. Maybe ask it next week. <laughs> yeah, let's hope not. Or in a, in a few oh, weeks. We'll see. Yeah, a few weeks. Uh, regardless, Russ has not been in many losing no. situations. This is probably like his this. worst winning percentage or some some advanced metric. So yeah. you like the DVOA? It's probably it. his worst I love DVOA. It. I live it for it. I live for it. Yeah, he basically said, "I I don't like it. Uh, I don't plan to do this again. Yeah. And we got to find a way to make sure that it doesn't happen again." Yeah. And. Uh, you see a guy like Russ who puts in as much work as he does. It's a lot of work. I think you you trust that he and this offense are going to figure it out, and it might not be this year. It might have to look entirely different in 2023 in, in some way. But I, I feel I just have a hard time believing that a guy that was a what Hall a of nine, Fame path, a nine-time Pro Bowler, 300 touchdown passes, tied uh, our friend. Your friend. My, my Mostly dear your friend. friend. 
My dear, dear friend. Your idol. John Elway. Uh, I, have, I have a hard time believing that he has just fallen off. Eric, let me ask you. Can I ask you an honest question? We've got some comments coming in here, so we're going to get to Sure. Is this about denverbroncos.com slash podcasts slash neutral zone? Oh, well, we get to. You want to talk about that, and then I'll ask you the Yeah, I need question. a second to just to mentally prepare. But this Phil, is going to be a big question. So big. Just get ready. Okay, good. You just buckle up. Is this because Tommy, Tommy's up. getting ready to come out on the field Tommy's for Monday Night Football? Up, I'm getting juiced. You're excited. Tommy Brady. Hard, hard to hate Tom as much as we you once to. would. We used to. I also think it's harder to hate Bill than you once would. You don't. You disagree. Yeah. I think the pairing I'm made it sure. bad. Yeah. I don't know if hate is the right word. It's like there's something else there. It, it does feel weird to see the Patriots like not be like the number one team in the NFL. I'm like, still adjusting to that. I mean, they've struggled this year, and they're still six and five or six they and still six. Win, like they, they win. Mike Tomlin, Phil, he's playing a rookie quarterback and has probably right. one of his worst teams he's had in a long time. They're five and seven. Some of these guys, they just win games. How is, you know, how is it possible? Yeah, they just win. Anyway, tell the yeah, people sorry. about the, the website. Phil, things are dark around here, and so we thought we'd lighten the mood, yeah. spread some holiday cheer. It is the holiday season. It was actually Amanda Gerlach what? suggested we do this. Yeah. She because donated the money Timmy? personally. What? Big Jim. Big, uh, big yeah, Big Jim and Little Susie. Little Susie. Funny, uh, <laughs> no, funny Tim. I think it was Funny Tim. <laughs> funny Tim. Big Jim, B- Funny Tim. Big Jim, Funny Tim, yep. Little Susie. They all need holiday gifts. They need holiday gifts. So, Phil, we are offering people the chance to win $100. $100. That's 10 times 10. 10 times 10, 100. Yeah. That's nice. $100. That could go a long way. What if you scored 100 points in a game? That would be a lot. Kind of like a Will Chamberlain situation? Yeah, allegedly. Fake. uh, He did that. Um, A lot of people are saying no. That's not an alleged. If you thing. want to win $100 to the Broncos team store, you go to denverbroncos.com slash mm-hmm. podcasts. Pod, podcasts. It's like podcast with an S at the end. Podcasts. Plural, podcasts. Slash neutral zone. I got it. And we should also say, Phil, you shouldn't enter any other contests on our website Just to, in, to increase your chances Just of winning. One. Just enter Just the neutral zone. Neutral zone. Yeah. zone. Your chances go down if you enter the other contests. Yeah. And you can only enter one time. That's true. I think some people have maybe not followed that. No. But you should try. We've had over 300 entries. It's going to be open this week, and then we're going to choose a lucky winner. For the holidays. And you can go out and buy your uh, – you'd like a nice Jacob Bobenmoyer jersey? Jacob Bobenmoyer. You know, the long snapper, this is a position where – Kind of like you, never appreciate it enough. You just – it should be automatic. You just expect perfection. And when it's not perfect, you're like, what happened? Yeah. That's a hard position to play. And so you got to have some respect for that position. That's true. Okay. Are you ready for your question now? Oh, sure. DenverBroncos.com slash podcasts slash neutral zone. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. Before the season started, Eric. Oh, boy. Okay. We, we said having a guy like Russell Wilson. Amanda, you want to take this one? Having a guy like Russell Wilson, okay. He is going to allow you to be in every single game. You're not going to be... Fact check true. Yes. We talked about this, right? Yep. Before some of these games, Eric, is there still a part of you that's alive? Okay? It's somewhere there. It's like the amber embers of a fire. Okay? Yep. That it's like, 
it's just it, it's in a transition state. It could go to death, or it could go to life. To life. Okay? okay. Okay. It's in this state. Okay. Like I'm in Is biology class. Is there a part class? of you that still thinks today, Ruskin, like okay, the Broncos are getting set to face the Chiefs, right? Today is the day that something's going to happen with Russ. Something's going to happen with this offense. It's going to come together, and they're going to put up like 30 points, and this is going to be like an actual Broncos-Chiefs game where it's like it's on. Is there still part of you deep inside, Eric, that has the faith that this is going to come to life? Um, I don't think it's going to look like how you describe it there, where it's like 35-34. I don't, I don't think that that is going to happen the way this offense is currently set up. And that's not about Russ, Phil. I, I just don't think it has the playmakers right now to score 30-plus points. And, and maybe I'm wrong at some point. We'll see. But especially against the Chiefs, you know, I don't see them going out and, and scoring 35 in, in that sort of shootout-type battle. Could I see a situation where the Broncos' defense plays the way it has and the Broncos get to 21 or 24 and can beat the Chiefs? Sure. Yeah, and it I, looks good. It looks nice. They're like, ooh. I, I think you could. There we go. Yeah, you like, could see a this. scenario where, you know, I think the one thing about Russ, and we've seen it at times this year, he turns it on a little bit in the fourth quarter. Mm. He, you know, the end of this uh, Ravens game where he's he's running forward, he makes a nice throw to Jerry Judy. You still have some bit of hope, and I'll give Russ credit because when he took over, he took uh, the field with 23 seconds left. I think it was a bad decision to return the kick and waste five seconds. I'll say that that didn't help. On the record. On the record, not a great decision. Okay. But with 23 seconds left, I was like, okay, well, this probably isn't going to happen. And then Russ surprised me a little bit and showed me, hey, he's still that guy that can – in position. He threw it to Jerry Judy for probably about 20 yards, I would guess. You take a quick timeout. He runs for another 17, then tries to make another play happen with his feet. I mean, he still has that in him. We saw it against the Texans. We saw it against the Niners much earlier in the season. We saw it against the Raiders there in the fourth quarter. The, the defense could not get a stop, but, but he did it. Um, against the Colts, he drove down the field in overtime. The Broncos ultimately decide to go for it on fourth down, not play for the tie. But yeah, I think you've seen it enough that you. I still believe in these big moments, Russell Wilson can come up big. I just think they need to figure something out in the offseason in terms of how do we make this work more consistently mm -hmm. so that uh, you're not always having to rely on this. But Phil, even when Russell Wilson was in Seattle, there were still a lot of games where he was coming down to the wire and he needed to make a big play. So they won a lot of games. The, like that. You could get to you could get to twenty five points a game next year and still need a game winning drive with a minute left. So I don't I don't know that that's ever going to go away. Um, but yeah, I mean, with Russell Wilson, I do think there's a chance that you keep it tight with your defense, you hold Mahomes in check. I mean, this is going to sound like a blast. The Broncos almost beat the Chiefs last year with Drew Locke. Blast, yep. We are in the blast zone. Yeah. You it know was when, just, when I came in to sit down here, it's more I, like said, a, I had a little sign here. Yeah, you're in the, blast, you're zone. In the blast zone. It was more just kind of a statistic, right? That's true. They almost beat the, the Chiefs with Drew Locke. Actually, without the fumble return for a touchdown, they probably do beat the Chiefs. That's a, yeah. th I think that's a blast. I don't think that's going to happen this time. Oh, okay, well, well now Melvin you've, Gordon will now, not now you've done it. Yeah. Okay, here's a, here's a question for you. Oh, I like it. Melvin Gordon. Because, well, let me just say, you answered that very well. Okay, that was a very nice answer. So Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Yes, this was a very nice answer. A lot answer. of tact. 
That was nice. Thanks. That was good. I do think that I, I just I cannot fathom that, that was Russ has been this guy for 10 years, and all of a sudden it's just gone. And it's not like last year. Like the end of last year, he played great. Came back yeah. from that finger injury, played really well. I can't believe that it's just gone. I mean, he's dealt with injuries. He's in a new system. Um, the injuries to the Broncos players, just some of the weird things that have happened. I mean, I, yeah. I, I don't buy that he's just done. Yeah. Um, more likely, Melvin Gordon scores a touchdown for the Chiefs this week or fumbles for the Chiefs. He, of oh. course, is on the Chiefs practice squad. I think that when he is like in like when he is like focused on the fumble problem, you know, like when he's like, I cannot fumble here. I think he's pretty good at securing the ball. Oh, I so you think it's better when he's thinking like, about it? When he's thinking about it, I think like the few games after his big fumble this year, he was like locked in. Well, he had a fumble where <laughs> or he, was, he was down, and then he fumbled. Kind of. But he didn't have an actual fumble until he met his demise. Right. With the Broncos. Yes. Of course. His Broncos demise. Yeah. Okay. So I think when he thinks about it, he's like, okay, I can hold the ball tight, high elbow. I think he's capable so of what doing do you So what do you got for me? Touchdown then? Touchdown I think is more like Wow. That. that would be that would be tough. A tough pill to, tough swallow to swallow if you're a Bronco fan. It would be fan. tough to swallow. No doubt about it. Okay, we got a couple of questions here, okay, Eric? Because this, this podcast is on YouTube. It's about 6.15. So, yeah, we got we to gotta <laughs> get to some of these and say bye-bye. Okay? Uh, DeAndre Weatherspoon. Not everything is on Hackett. It's a combination of everything. Sure. Agreed? I, I think Hackett's done a, a nice job handling the team. They're still playing hard. That's a reflection on the coaching that you're able to still get these guys to play hard. I agree. I agree. But Relax. Can I say one more thing oh, there? Yeah. I know I know we're trying to get through this, but um, people were adamant that Nathaniel Hackett give up play calling. The Broncos' scoring has actually gone down since he gave up play calling. Yeah. Oh, so, what do you think? You think he should take it back? I, I don't think that that's realistic. That I, don't th- I don't think it, it's not a Michael Scott where you go snip, snap, snip, snap. You know, but that's true. I would say that it's a hard. That's hard to do. That's that's hard. That's tough. It takes a toll. But I would say that just it's kind of a lesson for people out there that. It, the grass is not always greener. Ooh. I understand why Good people, one. I understand why people wanted a change. I understand why Nathaniel Hackett made a change, but it has not resulted in more points. Um, but, relax gaming. Relax gaming. Personally, I don't think Russ is as bad as everyone makes it out to be. I think next year he'll be a lot better if he has the offensive pieces that can stay on the field. Yeah, I mean – the offensive pieces, to me, Phil, are like really the only guy that you've missed is, or the only guys you've missed from a skill position are Tim Patrick Jimmy. and Javante Williams, and because Cortland and Jerry, they haven't been out there a ton together, but they've still been out there together. Looked a little better when they were both on the field yesterday, and then obviously Cortland goes out in the second quarter. Hammy. I think some of it is just as Russ is getting comfortable in the system, the more talent you have, the better. Um, and so I would just be interested to see at this point with in this system with talent, how does he play? Because really the only evaluation we have with him and all this talent is, is early in the season when he's probably still figuring things out. So it's tough if you're sitting there and you're evaluating. Is it the system fit? Is it the talent? Is it Russ? You know, is it the offensive line? Like what what is it? I think that's very hard to figure out right now. And that's why uh, the decision makers – 
get paid a lot of money to figure that out. Yeah. Here's a sort of an interesting question here. This one's from Alessandro Rimes. Alessandro Rimes. I've noticed the last couple of games, Wilson's accuracy numbers have improved, but it's still not getting into the red zone. Uh, end zone. They didn't get to the red zone or the end zone yeah, yesterday. Fact, fact check true. So, Yeah, I mean, what, his completion percentage was really high. I think for a while there, I don't know what it ended up at, but it was close to his career best in terms of um, accuracy. And I think the Broncos made some smart decisions in terms of a game plan. Of Philly did some nice easy throws, which you like. They also took some shots when they needed the to. Um, and maybe that's maybe that's an offense that fits Russell. I mean, I still you keep hearing Nathaniel Hackett say we try to avoid third downs, we want to hit chunk plays. But I think there has to be a balance between that and getting these easy throws that get Russ into a rhythm um, that make sure you're not putting the ball on the ground and facing second and ten, third and ten. Though Phil, I, it's hard to hard to kind of understand what's going on on third down. I mean, they were one for third five, and one yes, and sir. five, I think on third and five or shorter, they come out and face a third and 11 or 12, and they connect. They got it, yeah. And I was like, I, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Sometimes. I was like, Ben Swanson, tell me what's happening. Well, it's complicated. NASA is working on it. So we – Wow, you, know, you hadn't mentioned that in a while. So I was normal folk like us, we couldn't understand it. Mere normal. That's a – Mere. Mere common, commoner. Like a mere mortal? Mortal. That's a That's a saying, but I'm yeah. mixing it. I'm making it our own. That's a that's a thing that you do. We're mere commoners here. Mere we're mere, mere. normals here. Uh, do, uh this one's from that man Cam. Do you guys feel like the struggles with the passing offense it's more about Russ's performance or the O line? The, the O line. I thought the O line did a nice job yesterday. And obviously they haven't been perfect this year. Um, but again the quick throws help with that. Uh Play action helps with that. A good running game helps with that. I think that's a point that Nathaniel Hackett, I believe Nathaniel Hackett made yesterday. These things are all connected. It's not just, hey, is the offensive line playing well or is Russ playing well or are the play calls right or um, do you have the talent on the outside? They're all connected and they all impact each other, and I think we've learned that this year. Two more here. Judgmental Jim, what improvements need to be made this offseason Positionally speaking, yeah, I mean, we, we talked about that a little bit. I, I think you need to look Weapon. for a, a difference maker on the outside. Um, offensive line, obviously, I think will be probably reshaped pretty drastically. Potentially, uh, you don't have a right tackle under contract. Uh, Dalton Reisner is set to be a free agent. You've got to decide. You know, is Lloyd Cushenberry the center of the future? Uh, Garrett Bowles is coming back from a, a pretty serious injury, though. I'd, Expect he would be totally fine and, ter- and ready for uh, next Broken year. Leg. Yeah. Leg. So that that position could look totally different. And then, Phil, so you probably also got to figure out: a hey, is Javante Williams ready to go? He suffered a serious knee injury, yeah. and, and what do you do behind him to make sure that you're a little bit better equipped? That's that just the offense. Of yeah. Oh, I think that's got to be the primary focus. Yeah, but you probably. Yeah, I mean, we'll. There's going to be some holes. I mean, Draymond Jones is a free agent. We'll see if anything gets done with him. I, I still think even with Randy Gregory there, you could potentially use a difference maker, a pass rusher. Uh, we'll see if Kareem Jackson comes back or if they move to Caden Stearns or somebody else. You know, do you trust DeMar- some big moves. Do you trust 
Yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see. A lot of yeah. a lot every to talk year about. teams change. Yeah, thank thank goodness, Phil. Thank goodness we got the podcast. <laughs> thank goodness. The last one here is from Eric Padilla. Oh, Eric Padilla. old friend. Nice quarter zips, gents. Thank you very much. Thanks, Eric. Thank you very much. Of course, you've got your Bronco. Just a Bronco one for me. Yeah. Casual um, Monday. What are you guys drinking away the Broncos' woes with tonight? Yours is gone. You it's went bye bye. I'll finish my. I had a uh, Hop Peak IPA from Breckenridge Breweries Farm Home in Littleton. Off of Santa Fe and Brewery Lane. That's right. And, and I was enjoying a nice little Christmas ale. Oh. You went up to Christmas me there. Ale. I just said I was having it. You said you were enjoying it. Huh? I was lucky to sample the you delectable. A delicious. Yeah. I really enjoyed mine. That was nice. That was a good beverage. And a nice show, I would say. All that's around. true. I think that's going to do it for us. I think so. I mean, the time is just flowing by. The time is, wow. I would say it's about 6.15. When right you now. start right at 5.30, it's, you just don't have as much time as you would hope. You know, and you would think, okay, another loss, it was, it's sad, but it's actually fun. <laughs> the show is, at least. The, the, the loss, sad. Clip that out, Swanson. <laughs> the loss, sad. The show, fun. And uh, time flies when you're having fun. Uh, personally, me, I don't enjoy losses. I don't. I, I'm here to win. Yeah. Yeah. That's a Dion. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That is a Dion. Shout out Dion Sanders. Not here to show up. You're here exactly. to show out. Exactly. You gonna exactly. End, you gonna enter the portal? I'm going to. I'm going back. I got eligible. Oh, you're going back. I'm going back. Yeah, they is need that a long a snapper. To go back to where you went. I don't know. I don't know. Like you're still a cats guy. Yeah, not a cat guy, but a cats guy for sure. Yeah. So you could just go back. This you're uh, still Northwestern a cats guy. CU matchup in 2026 just got a little spicier. You scared? No, Dion will be gone by then. Jeez. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Uh, I do want to shout out uh, Jill and Ike couple of friends of the program. What about Amanda Gerlach? No, no, no. I'm just saying those are specific shout-outs. Oh, okay. That, like, I know that they're watching from home. Yeah. A couple shout-outs, okay? They're not watching. Yes. Yes, they are. Uh, Jill and I text Eric and let him know. Bzz, bzz. Bzz. All right. Two. You got two right there. I would also like to specifically highlight Ben Swanson. He makes sure that all the comments come through. If your comment didn't come through, it's Ben Swanson's fault. Yep. At Denver Broncos on Twitter. That's right. Direct the uh, the hate mail. The hate mail there. And then we also should uh, thank Amanda Gerlach. Yeah. How make, say, am I saying that right? I think so. I think it's Amanda. Uh, Amanda Gerlach. Gerlach. Yeah, that's true. Uh, she helps us get on the air. Makes this bad. Thank lock, goodness. So. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but we'll be back on Thursday. We'll talk about the Chiefs game coming up, Eric. I think the number's at 13. 13. Lucky number 13. I think it's at 13, but maybe that's as high as it's going to get. I hope so. We'll have to talk about that a little bit. Until then, for Eric Dalala, I am Phil Milani. You've been listening to, watching, The <laughs> Neutral, Neutral Show. <laughs>